Hello everyone, my name is Andy Spiteri, and I'm the host of the ZeldaCast, and the Omega Metroid Podcast, and Virtual Theater. As you can tell, I really love podcasting. After almost six years of the ZeldaCast, five years of Virtual Theater, and four years of the Omega Metroid Podcast, I swore that I would never make another podcast, but here I am today, excited to announce not one, not two, but three extra bonus shows that you can get each month on my newly reimagined Patreon channel, available at patreon.com forward slash spnet. You'll have your choice of bonus shows, depending on which tiers you choose to sign up for. Each podcast has its own monthly bonus show. The ZeldaCast will have the ZeldaCast Top 10s, where we can have some fun and give out a classic ranking on different topics each month with a different guest. Omega Metroid will continue with the Great Metroid Area Ranking, where we are ranking every single area in the Metroid series. And Virtual Theater will debut the Spiteri's Review, a show where my wife and I will give some thoughts on movies or shows old and new. There's also an ultimate tier that will get you access to all of these bonus shows if you really want to take your Spiteri podcasting to the next level. If that isn't enough, all shows feature a level of interactivity where patrons can weigh in and vote on which topics, shows, and areas we discuss next. Membership starts at as little as $1 a month, so I'm hoping you'll check out all the great bonus content that's going to be coming your way on patreon.com forward slash spnet. Whatever your bonus show of choice, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope to be able to see you over at patreon.com forward slash spnet. Welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Dakota Lasky and Duminal Crossing. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Let's start with you, Doom. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually been been a, quite an eventful week for me. So first off, I know we're going to talk about a very different game today, but I got to talk about this RoboCop Rogue City demo that I got the chance to play recently. And my God, as a RoboCop fan, this feels like such an authentic love letter to the series and i implore you uh to all the viewers watching if you are a robocop fan you have got to check this thing out right now unfortunately it's only available on steam right now so for all you console players um you know it's not available on there i wish it was because i want more people to play this but i mean you know if, you, if you're on pc and you have a decent enough uh rig Download the demo, check it out. It is such a blast. Um, Peter Weller makes it look so easy, the way he just steps back into the role as Murphy. The dialogue is awesome. The universe, the sound design, everything is just, you know, so well-crafted. The, the lip-syncing is a little is a, is a little wonky. That's probably my one criticism of the demo, but, like, otherwise, man, this feels like such a faithful love letter to RoboCop. It comes out next month. And it's a potential Game of the Year nominee for myself. Okay, this episode brought to you by RoboCop. The game. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I actually, I actually heard that it was uh, it was pretty good. We were talking about that a little bit in the Discord. RoboCop owns, by the way. I, I lo- even the new RoboCop I thought was pretty good, and I think the people were a little bit divided on that. But you know, I thought it was all right. Um, all I've right. seen that first one since it hit theaters. I need to rewatch that again and see what I think. I, re- I only remember yeah. that Michael Keaton was like the villain in that. Yeah, yeah, he was he was goofy and charming in that. Um, well, 
let's go from good to not so good. I'll throw it over to Mr. <laughs> Kotalaski. How you feeling yeah. today, buddy? Um, not great. <laughs> um, I'll keep it brief and I'm probably not going to talk too much in this episode, but yeah, I had a, had a rough weekend, been pretty sick. Um, I'm doing better today, thankfully. Um, so wanted to jump on because, uh, I really love this game and I've been enjoying playing it and it was a fun distraction for me when I was not in the bathroom. So yeah, also Jets beat the Eagles this past weekend. Let's go Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 let's go. So I was happy about that. Um... The NHL season is back, by the way. We should circle any uh, Flames versus Devils games. Maybe, yes. uh, you know, maybe maybe put a couple uh, loonies and toonies down on the line for those. What do you think? I'm always down to bet on my teams. Well, I, I think, I'm pretty sure I would lose if I bet on my team because we're not off to a great start. But <laughs> well, that's okay. I bet on the Jets, so I feel you. There you go. <laughs> and, all, and all you had to do is get food poisoning for it. So Yeah, well, sacrifices yeah. have to be made sometimes. Yes, uh, that is true. Uh, okay, well, so first of all, I just wanted to say uh, the reaction to Logbook Archives last week, uh, I thought was great. I thought that was a great episode. Um, I thought, I mean, it was one of our longest episodes ever. So, you know, I, I hope everybody, they might still be listening to it, actually. But like, <laughs> uh, I got a lot of really great feedback. Uh, a lot of, obviously, uh, uh, a lot, very complimentary of all the research that you put in, Dak. So thank you for that. Logbook Archives will return in the future. So there is a whole host of topics to cover, and uh, I'm really excited about that. And if I may, if I may plug one quick thing really quickly, um, as a lot of you know, I'm involved over on Zelda Dungeon. We have got the fifth annual Zelda Dungeon Fall Brawl character contest going on where you can win some prizes for for predicting the bracket. So it's a popularity contest. There's 64 Zelda characters. It works like an NCAA bracket. You go through and you think, you know, you predict who's going to win round one and then round two, round three, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot of fun. There's new polls every day. It's, it, the tournament runs for about 10 days. Uh, head over to Zelda Dungeon. Check it out. This is uh, one of the things that um, I still am spearheading, even though I'm not on the writing team anymore. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And who doesn't like some uh, some crazy matchups? And, and we even copied this idea uh, on the Omega side, a couple, uh, I think about a year and a half ago. And I don't know why we didn't do a second one, but maybe we'll I do one this upcoming that's summer. I was going to say, it sounded like you were going to segue into, we should do another one. We should do another oh, one. Yeah. And we should, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious, okay. when, is the, when is the spicy take episode for uh, Zelda cast dropping? Because I'm very excited to see your reactions to that. <laughs> uh, not this upcoming week, but the next. So basically in two weeks from this day. So this is a new gimmick okay. we're trying. And we might, if it's successful, maybe we'll do it over on the Metroid side. Um, and we're going we're gonna to rate these takes like either, either like Elden Hot or like Hebra <laughs> Cold. So if, if somebody gives us a take and they're like, yeah, Ocarina of Time is a great video game. That's an ice cold take, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. If if someone's just like uh, Ocarina of Time's the worst Zelda game, well, that's a hot take, and not not a good take, just a hot take. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's coming up. And and if you, I mean, I guess while we're shilling, if you want to uh, contribute to that, just DM the ZeldaCast uh, at the ZeldaCast on Twitter, and we have our community manager kind of picking and collecting. So I haven't seen what you submitted yet, Doom. I'm I, I'm only <laughs> I'm looking forward to. It. Oh, I- I, uh, I sent a DM, and all I'm going to say is that I chose violence. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, okay. Well, I think that we have a lot to get into here today, so we better not beat around the bush. Definitive ranking returns for the first for the first time since May. Wow. Um, and for the first time since Metroid Other M. 
So uh, we've been we've been talking about this episode. That's the last one we did. That was the last one we did. About that. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. A much um, needed palate cleanser. So we yeah. yeah, That's probably why we haven't done one in a while. (laughs) Probably not. Although to be fair, before that was Metroid Prime when uh, when the twenty year anniversary rolled around. So that was back Mm. in November. Um, So yeah, lots of. Lots of stuff to uh, to get into on definitive ranking. Lots of games still left in today. We are we've been talking about it for the last couple weeks. It's finally time. Metroid Prime Three Corruption is stepping up to the plate today to get definitively ranked by us. And I'm going to give you a brief description rundown of what the definitive ranking series is all about. So we got ten categories that we are going to be ranking. On a scale of one to five, and uh, five being the absolute best, one well, it's not so good. And uh, we'll explain these categories as we go. But we feel that these ten ingredients are what you need to make a, a really exceptional Metroid game. And um, and I'm excited about this because it's it's been a long time. I think all of us have replayed Corruption in the last uh, couple weeks or months. Got some some fresh eyes and. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where this one ranks among uh, some of the others that we've done in the past. So I feel like without uh, without further ado, should we just get into it? Let's do it. Uh, Andy, tell our audience what the uh, categories we're going to be going over are. Well, I was going to wait until we actually got there, but I guess you're right. I, I, I'll oh, okay. run them down really quickly. So um, category one is the world and atmosphere. And this is just kind of like the vibe, the setting, the mood, the which is the very vibes. important to a, to a Metroid game. Yeah, the vibes need to be good in a Metroid game. Yeah. Um, the art style, design of Samus, design of uh, some of the suits, design of uh, some of the enemies, stuff like that. Just how the game like looks from an artistic standpoint. Uh, story, so obviously self-explanatory. Uh, pacing and progression, which I feel like is such an underrated part of a Metroid game. But, but this is kind of the subliminal thing that always keeps you moving and never has you running into a wall lost not sure where to go anything like that um very important uh gameplay or uh also gimmick so uh you know is there anything that sets the gameplay apart from from this game or is it just really refined or or how does that stack up to other titles so that's uh obviously really important the areas self-explanatory um the bosses and some of the enemies in the game self-explanatory the items and abilities self-explanatory um the expansions and power-ups again self-explanatory and last but not least the music of the game so those are the ingredients that we are going to be talking about today and i'm excited about this i've been looking forward to this for a long time i think everyone has doom has like uh uh novel of notes I was gonna say, yeah, I'm I definitely think, not going to be going over that whole novel it's today. It's just, <laughs> I think he wrote as much as I did for the Logbook Archives episode last week. I th- I thought he was prepping for Logbook Archives too. <laughs> like that's how big his, his thing was. I was ready. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably just I'll probably save that for an extended video review someday when I actually have the motivation to edit that together. But uh, yeah, I was basically I was taking notes throughout my whole playthrough, and then after I finished, there was just more stuff that kept occurring to me. Like, oh, that's right, I forgot to. Add that. That was really cool. I got to add that. Oh yeah, that's another thing. And just it just got out of control. I love it. Um, I absolutely love it. Okay, let's uh, let's get it started off. And Doom, I feel like it's appropriate for maybe you to kick us off with uh, your definitive ranking of the world and atmosphere of Metroid Prime Three Corruption. Let's do it. 
Well, gentlemen, before we begin, don't forget to perform suit maintenance and data backup. Very important stuff that I uh, need to remind you guys about. I like uh, that, by the way. I like that today. they like, give an in-game universe like reason for save stations and not just them. Mm-hmm. I just a little, I wrote that down on my phone. So, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're we're gonna start this off with a bang. World and atmosphere is getting a five out of five from me, man. The world and atmosphere of Prime Three is so striking and so full of life. Uh, the GFF, the GFS Olympus, like right when you first land, is just oozing with so much world building and details. I love how you know immediately when you land, you know you have uh, AU two four two calling out all these different events um, and commands in the background over the intercom. And, you know, if you stay long enough, you'll get some repeats, but there's actually, like, a pretty, like, diverse range of, like, dialogue trees that, um, that, uh, he'll go down before, like, he really starts repeating stuff, so I really like the, the details there. Um, another thing that really stood out to me, um, uh, I love how the main docking bay of Skytown shares, um, a striking resemblance to the Artifact Temple from Prime, which shows the connection of, like, how, you know, the Chozo there are also the same shows are from talent for there's a lot of really cool details and easter eggs like that um the xeno research sequence has to be in the conversation for probably top top 10 all-time best moments in the series everything from the build-up the world building the uh the dread of knowing you have to free the metroids to progress uh you know again to that incredible piece by kenji yamamoto which i'll talk about near the end of the episode when you go back through all of it just absolute absolute perfection all around um the uh, you know I'll, t- I'll talk about pirate homeworld later once we go to areas and uh yeah I'll, I'll end it there man five out of five i love it okay i'm really glad you brought up that uh that xena research part because I, I just like i i just didn't remember it being as awesome as it was when i like that's one of the most intense moments creepiest moments in the entire series uh i guess i guess i'll just go ahead here since i'm already talking um I, I think I agree. I think uh, I think I'm going to give it a five. I was floating between a four and a five, but you know, I I think that like this game is a little bit trickier because it's it's not one planet. You're you're hopping around, so each each area kind of has its its own kind of its own vibe, its own feel to it. But y- you like just some of the some of like the urgency in, in this game, particularly in that beginning, is is just so awesome. It's unlike anything else in the series. You get the slow, creepy moments where you're in the Valhalla or when you're in the research center. Um, those those breathtaking moments Metroid Prime is known for, like when you're looking over the the vistas in Skytown, or uh, when you first go to to Brio Ice. I, I like it. It just it has a little bit of everything. I think for this game, and I think that it does everything well. Um, and while I wouldn't say that, like, it's, uh, like, like I don't think that you'd point at, like, any one section of this game and say, like, it's the absolute best in the series, but, like, like everything is just so solid. Um, and it, it really, the feel of the game, I, I feel like, really helps that. So, yeah, just a, a lot of, a lot of really cool set pieces, moments, atmosphere, um, and I think what puts it over the top for me is that, is the opening when you're under siege. It's, it's just, like, it's really unlike anything else and, and sets the tone for the game. And I think that they do a, a fantastic job of that. So I'm giving it a five. Well, and I apologize to everyone for, for my voice on this episode. So I'll keep it brief each time. Uh, concur with everything. Easy five. I think the, the best thing that, that this game does the two best things. Andy, you just talked about the urgency and the stakes. 
like I think Prime One and Prime Two are really good stories, and you feel that there's obviously more going on in the background. But this game puts it all to the forefront, as it should as the finale, um, and the scale. I mean, the scale of the game is just absolutely breathtaking. The seeing the two fleets in space, um, in orbit of planets alongside each other, the wormhole mm. sequence is fantastic. Um, and you even get that just in during in, in gameplay. I remember when I in, during this playthrough when you get the um, the gra- not the grapple lasso, but the with the grapple swing, and you go to that room that's just a huge like on a huge cliffside, just overlooking this massive valley, bigger than anything in the original Metroid Prime, and it's just for like a room you're going to go to once like that kind of stuff. I really appreciate Obviously sky town feels very vast in and of itself. Um, I, I really love the scale of this game. It, and, and even when you're talking about Andy, how yeah, every planet now has it like its own sections and we have not just sections of a planet, but multiple planets. I love that too. Cause now you're replacing the sections of a planet with whole planets that have their own sections, which was really awesome. And I, I'll also like the, the additional like interactivity you got in this game. There's characters to talk to. There's more things, buttons to press yeah. and, and things to, to finagle with and whatnot. And I, and I love that. Cause that's like, that's fun video game stuff. Like as much as I, and I'll talk about this later, as much as I hated the motion controls. Oh my God. Some stuff like pulling shields off or tapping in buttons on like that stuff was fun. And I found it fun when I first played the game and I still found it fun this time. So yeah, I love the scale, the urgency, the interactivity. The The world feels alive. It feels like this is like the biggest, like the Metro universe has felt. So easy five for me. The vibes were on point. Yep, totally agree. And and like we didn't even begin to cover everything that kind of contributes to making it so awesome. I mean, like the man, you nail it, like the voice acting, the, the, the voice there's actually is, characters ah. for you to interact yeah. with. Like it really, it, it does feel like a different experience. And I think corruption sometimes gets a bad rap for feeling a little bit different but i think it really works for it um, you get these huge invasions and campaigns you're part of yeah. like you said the, the norian section which I, I mean you're talking about are any parts of this game some of the best in the series and and you're unsure i was very sure i think the beginning of this game and, and the end game of this game are very very peak metroid for me um and then when you get to skytown so I, I I love the the intro sequence. That in and of itself is such an awesome part of the game, and like it, yeah, it's not necessarily like pure Metroid Prime, but it's fun and it's awesome, and it sets up the game really well. Where you do get into the more traditional Metroid Prime experience once you get to Brio. So, uh, yeah, I I the vibes were immaculate. I love the scale. Everything about this was great. I feel like in terms of traditional Metroid, I, I could also argue that Valhalla is probably like a contender for like one of the best mm-hmm. moments in general, just because it's such it's, a, it's such a condensed and small area. I feel like it's more of a moment and less of like ranking area. And I and as a moment, I think it's like a top tier moment. I think you could say the same thing about Phase, to be honest. But uh, let's let's save <laughs> that for when we get to the areas. Um, okay, let, let's talk about the art style. And I feel like. Um, I mean, the art style doesn't change as much in Metroid as it does in some other series. And, and specifically, I don't think it changes as much for Prime, like the Prime series as it does for the 2D series. Um, that being said, I think that you still have some like really, really like incredible character designs, really incredible uh, just set pieces. Um, I love I love the way that Samus' ship has kind of been reinvented. Now, that, I mean, it looks like a gunship. It doesn't look like this kind of clunky floating toy. It looks like something that's going to do some damage. Um, Fighter so jet. I, I love it. Yeah. I, like actually like it looks like something that's, that's dangerous. So I, I think that there's a lot of really, really cool things in and around the, like I, uh, Brio, like all of the, 
the war golem statues just really contribute to and you know what i'm gonna i'll be the first to say it. a lot of these categories overlap into each other so like when for example when you have something that's really great in the art style it's probably going to contribute to how good the atmosphere is but you know you all these all these golems or like all these the little robots and stuff and and for anyone that's unlocked some of the uh the extras in this game with all like the character designs and those little diagrams and stuff like that like it, it's just it's full of a lot of really good stuff um i mean it did it did build on a really solid foundation already uh with metroid prime and metroid prime 2 i think those games looked incredible but um you know even samus herself like i think the design of the ped suit is is really awesome i think the hazard shield Rad. is like one of the most underrated yeah. suits in the series i think 100 agree it, it goes so hard it looks so good um so i i don't know am i gonna give this a five or a four I don't know. What do you got to do? I don't know either. <laughs> Dak, what, what say you? Uh, oh, okay. I can go real quick. Um, I gave it a four. Um, yeah, it's like a mix of Prime 1 and Prime 2. Uh, I like the character designs for the most part. I think there are some choices that are a bit odd. I, the Federation crew troopers are look like NA box art Mega Man, and they have a oh. weird blue jumpsuit on them. Wow. Um, like Omega Ridley is kind of goofy looking to me, but then like... I really like how the space pirates in general look more like feral and kind of like naturalistic compared to how we saw them in prime one and prime two, like, cause we're getting more towards like their home world or whatever it is. Um, I really like the use of, of contrast in this game. Stuff like the Nova beam pairs really well with some of like the environments you're in. But I will say aside from like the, the perennial uh, issue that people have had with this game, which is the bloom and like the lighting a little bit, I think sometimes the game just, and maybe this is because it's it's not an HD, it's an old game, but it, it's kind of muddy at times. And it sometimes can be hard to see the details that you know are there. And that, again, I think could mostly contribute to how I'm playing it maybe today. I mean, I played it off the Wii and, you know, the resolution is what it is. So I don't know if that's necessarily part of the, the art style. But, um, yeah, I think the I really like what they did with the character designs. Uh, the main menus are sick. And mm -hmm. I'm talking about the original yeah. main menus, not the trilogy. Like I love like the X-ray scans, these little insects and creatures and whatnot. Uh, yeah, the the PED suit, the hazard shield, sick. I love all the phasing related stuff with like hyper mode. I just think it's it's not perfect. And certainly, the more I played the game, I was like, damn, like screw a super fusion remake. I want this game remade so I could see all of this stuff in HD. Like I was I was looking at this and like, ah, oh, this it looks great, but at the same time it's so held back by not being in HD. So, um, I give it a 4. I think I have an answer for what I'm going to give it, but you go ahead, Doom. Okay. Um, so here so here's the thing. I was also debating on whether or not I wanted to give it a 4 or a 5. And Dak, you actually brought up one of you you brought up the big thing that I was considering it on and that the original Wii game as much as as much as I think it's an absolutely gorgeous game uh it is so oversaturated with yeah. bloom lighting and that was just kind of a trend in you know the the late the late kind of 2000s era you know Nintendo was very guilty of this Microsoft was guilty of like it was present all over gaming bloom lighting was like the thing back then um, and obviously now now it's, you know, it's finally toned down and pared back. But when you're playing the game on Prime Hack, uh, you actually have a, a built-in slider where you can adjust the bloom lighting for Prime 3. And um, the and the Prime, I think they recommend like 65% for this. And oh my god, when you turn down the bloom lighting, man, this game's art direction just pops so much better. And so even though technically we only have the Wii version to go off of, even 
I played it on Prime Hack, and so I'm going to rate the version that I played, and that's going to be a five out of five for me. Um, I love, um, and there's so many, there's so many cool details about this game too. Um, the charge beam looks so unbelievable. I think the charge beam Prime Three looks better than the Prime Remastered charge beam. I love like all the different layers of like the beam and like all the particle effects that are swirling around it. It looks so cool. It's like, um, it's so cool. I love, I love how the enemies they melt away instead of just fading out now. Like that's something I kind of wish was in Prime Remastered as well. There's so many cool. De- I love how you when you um hold Samus's arm cannon up when. You, um, you're in missile mode. You can see like all these moving parts inside the arm cannon. Um, speaking of moving parts, I just I love how Prime 3's environments incorporate an even greater usage of moving parts in the areas in general. Prime mm-hmm. 2, you started to see that, especially with um, Sanctuary Fortress. Prime 3 just goes all in. Every single environment you go in, you know, you look at a wall or you look at something in the background and there's just like all these complex, so much complex machinery going on, like doing like you know, something that you can probably scan and learn more about it if you're really into it, like like me. And, um, you know, just stuff like that just looks so cool. I think I feel like that's one reason why I like sci-fi so much is is because of those moving parts. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it lights it lights the happy chemicals up in my brain when I see uh, mm. when I see moving parts. But then also you have all these gross organic environments that Metroid is known for. Just these grotesque alien horrors beyond comprehension with stuff like the Leviathan seeds. The pirate homeworld, and of course, phase just stuff that mm. stuff that you just could not conjure up on your mind in your own. And then, um, and then lastly, my, my last bullet point before I'll hand it off to you, Andy. I love how factionalized the art direction is, um, to the extent that even like doors and spider ball tracks are completely different depending on which planet you're on. The space pirates in particular have a very unique design aesthetic of the game that is shared throughout like pretty much all their technology. Like um I love how like the uh, pirate ATCs and skiffs like also share the same build as the trams that you'll also find in the pirate homeworld and it gives this impression that like all of these are like similar crafts that are like kind of regurgitated and repurposed for all different types of um types of uses, which I, I absolutely love. Like that's such a cool detail. So, yeah. yeah, 5 out of 5. You know, I was I was leaning, um, I was leaning towards four when I was talking, but I think I'm going to give it a five as well. And my main reason was I was going to give it a four because I feel like a, a lot of the the art direction, while incredible, is, is kind of built on from previous games. But then I was like, I don't know that that shouldn't really hold my score back. And I'm thinking of Phase, and I'm thinking of just uh, some of the some of the character designs, some Space of the ship designs. Fired Homeworld is dope. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like I, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a five, and I'm worried I'm gonna be a little bit too much of a homer for this game on this episode, but I really like Nothing it. Wrong with that. No um, wrong with that. Yeah, Doom, you, 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 all everything you just said was also 100 yeah. percent agreed on that. I love like how everything looks different, all different planets, like the particle effects. Yeah, I'm glad you have I, all those notes because I, I do hate how you have to scan all the different doors. That sucks. Ah worse things have happened yes much worse things have happened <laughs> um all right let's uh, and i i didn't have an issue with the bloom lighting but i i also played it on dolphin although i played it with the the wiimote so i don't know um let's talk about the story and i'm gonna just come in right away i'm gonna say i'm giving it a five I, this might be the best story in the series i think easy five. Oh, i i i think this is yeah i i mean like look i love the story of fusion but man they put out all the stops on this one yeah. i mean f- I think easily it's the best Metroid Prime story. And definitely. I think it has... Yeah, I, I could. I would definitely be down to say it has the best Metroid story 
I, I, it's firing all cylinders. I loved it. I love the story of this game. I, I don't want to go too deep because I'll give more of my thoughts. I want you to go first. But like, yeah, I, I gave this a five. Like, I know. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. Well, if you want to. I mean, the only like I'm going to give it a five. I would really give it a four point nine because I just wish there was a little more clarity on the space pirate stuff like we talked about last week. Like that was the only thing I just wish there were like there were some opportunities to just like give me a definitive answer on stuff. But you know what? They had a lot more other things going on. There was the active story happening, like, fine, priorities. Um, yeah, it's an epic finale for the trilogy. I mean, I love how Phazen worked its way into being such a huge focal point to the point that, like, Federation's using it now. That Samus's entire well-being is built on it. Like, you can see the progression of Samus's corruption over the game. You have these huge fleets fighting each other with, like, Viviants and hitting planets. And we're going all these different places and the ships and, and the characters you run into uh, the, the bounty hunters you get to um, get to know, even for such a short, like brief amount of time have such a really, you know, uh, lasting impact on the story. Um, I love like when Samus is dealing with the, the Federation trooper, she thinks is a Federation trooper and it's, uh, it's Gondreda eventually. Like that's a really cool um, section right there. It's, it feels way more fleshed out than almost, I think any other Metroid game in terms of a story. It feels like a traditional, like, it felt to me more like a game, like a like not a not a I don't know how to, how I could put this, but it's like finally like I got a Metroid game where like story felt like such a real big focal point, mm-hmm, like and, a priority, yeah, yeah, and I and I love that because I love the story of Metroid, and that's why I love Fusion and and Metroid Prime is just so good, but like doesn't have as much of a focal point on story. It's more in the background, but like this, I love that they brought it all to the foreground. I love how Samus is is respected. She gets the nod from Dane. The 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 you know Federation crew is like, oh, that's Samus. Whatever. She's like leading a team of troopers in like later in the game. Like it was so it was badass. Like you get this huge conflict. And this this is to me is pure Metro. This is what I love the Metroid story. You have the Galactic Federation, the Space Pirates butting heads. You have Samus in the middle of it. The Chozo in the background. And in, in, in some small ways, even in this game, it's probably the least amount that they're in it. And and that was totally fine. I yeah I there's so so many awesome moments in this game the the story is amazing and it has such an epic conclusion to an amazing trilogy easy 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 five for me I think of one word Ow. when I think of the the story of Metroid Prime Three Corruption and that's scale it feels like this yeah. game just takes place on such a bigger scale than almost everything else because you've got like this I mean you've literally got like this full-on assault from the Galactic Federation, going through a wormhole, going to the, this planet, which is the origin of Phase, which is being controlled by this prototype kind of mother brain organism, which mm-hmm. that is being controlled by Dark Samus, who you've built up this fight with over the last two games. Um, yep. So, it, man, it, it, like, it, just, it feels like everything's really clicking there. And, and the other thing about this, too, like I think it has the most exceptional opening act of, of any Metroid oh, yeah. game. Easy. I agree. Um, 100%. But the thing, like, the thing that I think really this game does, like, really, really well is, like, I mean, when, when you're fighting Rundus and Gore and Gendreda and and you have to put them down, it's, like, you're kind of thinking, like, I, I don't want to do this. And it makes you feel sad. And it may, you feel, like, for once, like, you, you kind of feel attached to another character that's not Samus in, in the series. Um, and... and you know, some some may say, well, yeah, but that was like Metroid Prime Hunters. I, I didn't get that attachment in that game, so like I did for this game, and I was just like, like finally some other really great characters. It did feel really nice that the the story felt like it was being emphasized, um, and and I think that it really didn't disappoint. Like there's some, you know, 
There are some issues that we all have with Metroid Dread. There's some things that I don't like about the story of Metroid Fusion. Obviously, Other M was a catastrophe, but like, in Super Metroid, while I think is a great story, is, is a very minimalist story, and Metroid Prime as well. This one is just like, it's an active story, it's big in scale, there's characters you care about, there's emotional stakes. Yeah, I, it's the best story in the series, I'm gonna say it. With that. So I'm gonna give the story a 4 out of 5. Oh, um, what? <laughs> So so here so here's the thing, here so here's the thing. The actual lore, easy five out of five. The lore in this game is so juicy, and I love, you know, the actual sequence of events. You know, the backstory leading up to it and all the details. Absolutely, absolutely love it. I think I think some of the best um, uh, logbook entries. I was talking about this actually on the um, last episode. But I, the, the pirate homeworld, that whole pirate homeworld arc that you read of, about how this one narrator, you know he's like fearing for his life. And then you, you know, he gets, you know, succumbed into the dark Samus Cole, And then the, um, the tone just completely shifts. And it's just like, it's some of the creepiest writing that I've ever seen. in like kind of the, uh, Metroid lore book stuff. Absolutely love stuff like that. My one issue with the story, and it's actually, it's actually funny. Cause Metroid dread was brought up. I actually have a similar issue with that game as well. And that this game it has this nasty habit of proposing a potentially interesting scenario in front of you and then pulling that and then pulling that back and just never elaborating on it or just revealing it to be something very anticlimactic. And I think the there's, there's, a, there's a couple of things here. So, so first off, I'll talk I'll talk more about hyper mode later for the gameplay section, but I think for the story, it doesn't really work for me. Because basically, the ultimate theme of Metroid Prime 3 is how much of yourself are you willing to risk for power? And everything around you is succumbing to that power. The space pirates do. The bounty hunters that you're forced to kill do. And I think that element of it works. But the game wants us to believe that we're on the brink of succumbing succumbing to it too. But I mean, that's just not the case. Hyper mode is basically an instant win button. There's never any fear that you yourself are going to succumb to it. And so I don't think it quite works on that well, but I'll, I'll get to more about that later. I think the penultimate sequence that kind of really gets to how I feel is the Ice Brio sequence. I think it perfectly encapsulates my thoughts on this. You get teleported to an environment, polar opposite, pun intended, of, um, of the one you stood in moments ago. What was once a hostile world is now peaceful. What was once taming with life is empty outside of some traces of the past. You're contacted by what sounds like an alien voice while in this special place, making this mysterious place all the more intriguing. What secrets await here and who is trying to contact me? Well, the screw attack, a single lore entry, and some minor info on uh, the Brio's encounter with the Chozo can be found. But otherwise, there isn't anything to be learned here. And the voice contacting us, yeah, it's it's just a AU242, whose transmission got gar- garbled up for some reason. And the fact that Samus doesn't speak during any of the interactions, but for some reason the AU was worried she didn't respond before, and is still not responding when the transmission finally gets through, is really the cherry on top of this whole buzzkill sequence. And the thing is... I think the game's story works on its own without all this. So, like, unlike Metroid Dread, where, you know, I would, like, rewrite some stuff, I would just cut the sequence altogether. Just, you visit Ice Brio, you, you don't have any of the garbled transmission crap, you come out, and then AU-242 contacts you about the Valhalla. And I feel like the game's story on its own is satisfying enough to where you don't need all of that extraneous stuff. And that way, when I finish the game, 
I'm focused on what the story did deliver, not what it did not deliver on. And so that's my one issue with with the narrative. But that aside, I think the actual narrative itself that we were delivered is still very strong. Does that make sense to you guys? I mean, I guess, yeah. but I don't agree with you. I think all, this, all the things you just kind of laid out, I'm just like, I, I don't care about. But, I mean, like, I definitely, I get what you're saying. I, I get what you're I, saying. Like, I mean, I would, I would, I would assume that you mean that like the overall story is good, but there are a couple moments that you would just get rid of. Um, yeah. And I think that's fine. I don't, yeah, I don't really agree. I think the hyper mode thing, like, I don't know if I came to the same inter like interpretation of it. Like, I don't think I'm going to succumb to me using hyper mode. I think it's just the yeah. overall phase in corruption that is very clearly happening during the story. The hyper mode is just an extension of them controlling that. Which does pay ever... off as you progress through the story because yeah. you can see yourself physically changing. And I mean, it's just a yeah. justification for for a gameplay. I, I think that to, I think that told. Yeah, I think that is. Yeah, you I see don't... it, but there's no, but there's no gameplay danger of you at like like theoretically you can if you know you don't know how to press the A button. Like sure you will, but like I mean you have to you 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 basically have to try to get corrupted if you want to see that game over screen. And so I feel like there needs to be more of an actual. But again, a, a risk versus reward yeah, but thing. But I'll separate. get. I'll, I'll get more separate, that. Let me give you another scenario. Story though, that's kind of that's kind of separate. Yeah, that's like gameplay and story though. Like that doesn't have anything to do with the story. But that's, I, well, that's but like, I think, but I think that influences the story though. Is what I'm saying. Okay, I mean, like, there's definitely a little bit of like a ludo narrative dissonance there. I'll agree with that. Like, there's definitely a little bit of a separation, maybe, but I don't. I don't think it's a very significant one. Um, no. Yeah, it's not for me either. I still give it a four out of five. I still really love the story. I'm just saying, like, well, I wouldn't have knocked if it down those a were for that. I mean, I'll, I'll of, say this: kind of like, like I think, like, you know, as a Majora's Mask fan, and Dak, I know you are too. Like, seeing the moon crash into the into the clock town is one of the greatest moments in the series. But like, you have to actively not go back in time in order to see that. But like, I still think that that's like an awesome moment. I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I just, I guess what I'm saying is I, I don't agree with it, but that's okay. Like, 4 out of 5, that, that ain't a bad score. 4 out of 5 still good. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's go to pacing and progression. Like I said, this is, I think, one of the sneakiest categories, because if this is done well, you, you really don't notice it. And if it's not done well, that's when you notice it. And I feel like I never really did notice it in, in this game, but I'm not going to give it a 5. I am going to... Um, I think I'm going to give it a four just because there, there are um, sometimes where, you know, the, I, I think that the game there, there's a few instances that I can think of where there's, there's like some traditional Metroid backtracking for the sake of it. Um, particularly when, like when you have to go back to Skytown uh, once you're on the pirate homeworld to get the, uh, I, what the heck do you get actually? I can't remember, but uh, I don't know. Fireball, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and then it just like the, the, the nature of this game being broken out, you know, you need to enter your ship, you, you go to different locations a lot. So it, it feels, it feels like a little bit, um, you're, you're waiting on loading screens just a little bit longer, which, which can kind of kill your flow, uh, just a little bit. But I mean, overall, I still think that the game certainly funnels you where you need to go and, and always kind of keeps you moving. And, and Metroid Prime in general is just so good at this because it, it will, you know, it'll just, nudge you where you need to go without being intrusive with it so i i think that this game obviously keeps that up um yeah aside from like one or two kind of weird detours here and there i, I think that you're you know you're you're always moving you're never lost you're never frustrated 
and you can uh, you can generally navigate your way throughout the world, and, and you're always kind of like, once you get that next power up, you, you always, at least I did, always had an idea of like, okay, I can go here, here, here now that I've got this, um, and I think that's the the marker of, of good pacing and progression. But um, like I said, it's, this is a, a little bit, maybe one of the most subjective categories among everybody. So our answers could be totally different. Well, I'm also going to match your four out of five with a four out of five of my own. Um, I don't really have too much to say here, really. Um, to me, the game felt like the absolute perfect length. Not too long, not too not too short. Perfect porridge temperature, if you ask me. Um, I think the energy cell quest is easily the best of like the uh, the final artifact hunts that the trilogy offers. Um, you know, I like how you know, even though I go for hundred percent, I love how people who aren't necessarily interested in the one hundred percent run, you know, they can still collect most of the required energy cells. You know, during the main quest, and then you don't even. I think you only need like five of the nine to like get through the whole Valhalla. So I think I think it's really good for people. You know, who you know. Don't really care about all that extra stuff, but just want to get to the end. But it's still satisfying for people, you know, like you and me, Andy, who do love going back and doing all those extra puzzles and getting that 100%. So I think it's really accommodating for everyone. I love that. My only real critique of the game is that, um, you know, it once again follows what I like to call the Zelda dungeon formula. Not the website Zelda Dungeon. (laughs) Of progression uh, introduced in um, uh, Metroid 2 and Metroid Prime 2 as well. As opposed to the more traditional road trip style of exploration perfected in Super Metroid and Metroid Mm -hmm. Prime, which I really like. I really love... You know, you collect an item in one area, and maybe you'll collect another item in in another area. But uh, maybe it's in, you know, a completely different area. You know, there's always this sense of, you know, the next item could literally be anywhere. And you kind of have to just look at your map and see just what you haven't explored. Whereas, you know, in Prime 3, you typically stay in one area for the vast majority of the time, then stay in the next area for the vast majority of the time, etc., etc. And in Prime 2, I think it made sense because of that light and dark world mechanic. I feel like the traditional Metroid exploration would just make that game an absolute nightmare and not in a fun way. But with Prime 3, it doesn't have that, and so it just feels a little bit more limiting. Not to the point where it's not fun. Again, 4 out of 5, you know, it's it's still an incredibly fun game to explore. But I personally would have preferred that more traditional style of exploration for what's being offered. I actually think I would have went the other way and just had it, like move away from the Zelda dungeon for it and just had it be just everyone complains about the game being linear as it is. I would have just lean, lean into that and just uh, eliminate that, that backtracking personally. I, I mean, truthfully, I did not find this game any more or really less linear than the previous prime games. I really didn't like, I didn't, it didn't, it wasn't like I went from playing prime one to halo three in terms of linearity. Like if, if it's certainly a little bit more linear, definitely, hmm. but I think it makes sense. I mean, Doom, you mentioned the the light and dark worlds in Prime 2, but I mean, to be fair, this game has a lot of traveling back and forth between planets, sections. Like, if you did, if you kind of had to just road trip your way around everything, you'd be spending 10 times more to- much time in those cutscenes and loading screens going back and forth. So, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the, it's the same thing as going down an elevator, though. Like, maybe for the for the Wii loading times, it might be a little more. To be fair, I was playing on Dolphin, where loading times I was playing on are... the Wii. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I played the original. but So I could see how they would have wanted to avoid people going back and forth through all of these different places as much as they did in the first Prime game, which only has a lot, like, a way fewer places to go, and, and, and there's less screens between them. So... Otherwise, I had pretty much the same feelings. And personally, don't get me wrong, not that I like loading screens, but I don't necessarily mind a few cutscenes and and load screens here and there. Like, I'm not someone who needs to be gaming 100% of the time to enjoy it. 
Um, I, li- I like a, I like a ship or like a, a little scene where I can see my ship fly off and come back or whatever. That's totally fine. Hey, a loading uh, screen is an opportunity to drink a Mountain Dew gamer fuel, if you ask exactly. me. <laughs> exactly. I will say this. Um, it was refreshing playing this game and just watching Samus's ship soar rather than just like, this is how you jump. Here, you, you could collect artifacts. When, like you know, those little stupid gameplay tips that every single loading screen ever has now. It was nice yeah. just to see mm-hmm. ship. Yeah, I, it's not. Yeah, I like I like that kind of stuff. It, it gets it adds to the atmosphere and the vibe of the game. Um, I also like in this game how it tracks your your objectives in the in the settings or like in your logs or whatever. So like obviously getting lost in a Metroid game is is cool and fun, but at a certain point I want to know where I'm going, and also if I you know put the game down for a little bit and come back to it, I want to be able to remember where I am. But the game is not specifically telling you, like, it tells you, like, go do this. It doesn't tell you, go get the ice beam and then jump to this platform and then open that door to get it. There's still exploration and and discovery that you need to to put in to get to that point. But you know what your destination is going to be. You just have to figure out the journey. So I was totally fine with that. Um, yeah, I thought it was a four. Like, totally worked for me. I would I will say the, the Norian sequence... Is really good, but I can see how people could see say that it potentially is a little long. I liked it for the length that it was, um, but I can see how people could see like, all right, it overstays its welcome a little bit. So that's not a gripe that I have, but I can see that's a, a valid a valid argument to make. I could see hundred percent. I, I mean, it, it does it does take a little bit. I just think it's so engaging that it's like that'd oh, be yeah. like if someone said to me like like the Lord of the Rings takes a little bit to get going, which it does. <laughs> but like you know, chilling with it the does, hobbits so. and Hobbiton. Yeah, good time. Yeah, that's kind of the point. It's it's building you up to it. You know? Yeah, it's like the exact opposite vibes though. They're just like hanging around, having a good time, and you're under siege. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The gameplay slash gimmick of the game. I feel like this is going to be all over the place. Who wants to go first? Uh, you can go first. I'm assuming <laughs> he's talking. <laughs> I'm gonna assume he was talking to you, Doom. What's no, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I was looking at my notes. I wasn't looking at the okay. camera. Sorry. <laughs> no, he was joking. All right. I, I can go first if you want, but uh, <laughs> you look like you're ready. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go now. I'll just. <laughs> so, yeah, gameplay gimmick. Uh, I'm going to give this another four out of five. I really like Prime 3's gameplay. I actually. This is one of those elements. You know, I'm so glad I replayed this game because. Um, this is one of those elements that was just like so much brighter than I than I remember, and I'm really glad that I got to play it recently to get that reminder of just you know how solid Prime 3's gameplay as a whole, whole was. Uh, I was j- just talking about this uh, when we were talking about the progression, but oh my god, the loading times in Prime Hack are ridiculously fast, like so much faster. Granted, I'm sure a lot of that is because I also have an SSD in my computer, which you know gives you much faster loading than a traditional um traditional mechanical hard drive but uh oh my god if this is if this ever gets poured to switch i i hope the loading times are this good because this alone puts the game up like a whole nother letter grade for me like on the wii version you know constantly like every other door you'll you'll be waiting like five to ten seconds and it just absolutely kills the pacing but like here pretty much everything is just super snappy and instantaneous um, you can even uh, skip cutscenes in Prime Hack as well. So if you want to restart something, you don't have to go through the whole dialogue tree again. It's just, oh my god, it's just such an incredible quality of life improvement. But let's talk about stuff that's you know not via emulation. Let's talk about the actual game itself. Uh, the motion controls, including puzzles, work stellar for me. I don't know where other people are having issues aside from just not understanding the Wiimote strengths and limitations. I personally had absolutely zero issues pointing and aiming and, you know, everything. Like, every everything was 
when I wanted something to get done, it would it would correspond accordingly. <laughs> I don't know what else to say there. Um, you know, we were just talking about the prologue. I love the prologue, and I specifically love it because of how unmetroid it is. I think that's I think that's a strength of the prologue because it's not the same. You know, it's something radically different. You know, it's not the same thing that we've done in the last two games. And you know, despite you know, despite the fact that it's you know blatantly trying to recapture Pillar of Autumn from Halo One, I think it does that, but also still has enough of those core Metroid elements, to, you know, you know, to make it something that fits in the sequence. You know, uh, you know, you you're still solving puzzles on top of the combat, but the difference is instead of being alone, you're in this active war zone. You know, you're talking with characters. You know, you're creating relationships. Like it's it's really cool and fascinating. I absolutely love it. Um. The only thing, and I and I uh, was hinting at this before, my one issue with the gameplay is hyper mode, which is really cool in concept, but it's missing that key risk reward factor to make it click. And the game wants you to use it by making enemies increasingly bullet spongy, especially when they enter their own hyper mode, but then they get instantly melted away without much health loss once you do it. So it becomes an insta kill rather than a tool to strategically use. Um, I have this whole thing about how I was going to fix hyper mode, but we're already going long enough. So I will just uh, I'll just post my notes in the episode notes. And if you want if you all want to read how I would fix hyper mode, you could just read it there. But uh, yeah, I'll just pass it off to you guys now. That sounds like a great editorial for OmegaMetroid.com. Uh, OK, I- I'll, I'll go. So like I said earlier, like I, I think Metroid Prime 3, um, it does it does a lot of things really, really well. And uh, I, I don't know necessarily that it's the best in any category, but it does everything exceptionally well. So when I was thinking of the, the gameplay and gimmicks, like obviously it's got the, you know, I, I think of four main pillars in this game and they're not all weighted equally. And I love three of the four. And I think the fourth one is like, fine. Um, so putting putting on my, my nostalgia hat here, I remember back in 2007, when I, I don't I don't think the dual analogs were controls were like really the norm for a lot of FPSs back then. They or, definitely were by 2007. Yeah, they were. Were they hundred okay. percent by 2007? Let, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase what I said. So, um, I, I I wasn't like super big into FPSs uh, during that time. I've kind of I've as we were talking about earlier in Discord, I picked it back up a little bit, but they're they're not my go to. So a lot of the the first person shooters that I had played. We're, we're still kind of like catching up a little bit. So by 2007, um, I was just like, eh, you know, like I, I loved the tank controls, but I was like, this, this could be better. So I remember playing it with, uh, I mean, your quasi dual analog Wiimote controls. And I was like, this is awesome. This is exactly how I want to play Metroid Prime. I never want to play it the other way. And I never had to. So uh, so I, I loved that. I, I thought that they were responsive. I thought that they worked. I thought that they... Now, it I will, I will preface that by saying I basically never had any Wiimote connection problems ever with any game, not with Skyward Sword, not with other M and not with Metro prime three corruption. So when I was setting up my Wiimote on dolphin, I did have a little bit of issue uh, because I was using save states. So it's frustrating as hell if you can't get it working correctly. So I will preface that by saying I never had that experience. So I have very glowing memories of how the, uh, the Wiimote worked. So I think that that, for me, was like a five. Um, and then I go to the next gimmick of the game, which is hyper mode. And I I, I see what you're saying about the risk reward. And, and I agree to a certain extent, but I just I just love it. Like, I think it's fun. I think it's like, you know, hyper mode was, was always a sacred thing in the series that, that you could only access for like a moment or two at the end of the game. 
Now you can access it whenever you want. And yeah, you have to insert an energy tank. And there's like, I guess there's kind of a little bit of risk, but it just it just felt cool to do. So I liked that as well. And the, the other gimmick that I think of when I think of this game, which doesn't really get utilized to its fullest potential, but like, I love that you can use the ship to do stuff. You can lift stuff, you can shoot stuff. Um, I wish that they went in and done a lot more of that because I think that there's so much more you can do. The one thing about the gameplay that I don't love is I, I hate those stupid interactive like sequences where you have to twist and pull and and instead of like you have to just slowly punch the numbers mm-hmm. in on the keyboard. I don't like that. Uh, I just I think it's lame. I think it's there for the sake of being there because every every Wii game needed that, right? And, and every yeah. DS game needed that. Um, I, I feel like we're on the opposite spectrums when it comes to like hyper mode and that because like I totally agree yeah. those are just there for Wii gimmicks, but I I, I either don't care actively le- like the um the welding stuff. I absolutely love the welding mini games. Yeah. Like, oh, let awesome me tell you something about controls. the welding. You've got the most advanced civilization in the world. You've got this Galactic Federation trooper standing beside this panel in Norian for the entire game. That no one in the Galactic Federation has a soldering gun. They're just waiting for to be fa- to come back. To be fair, if you talk to him, he specifically says, you know, I'm not surprised the other team is late considering what's on the other side. So it's like they actually have an in-universe explanation, which I thought was really funny. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that I could definitely do without the, the gimmicky Wii stuff. Like, I just, you know... It, it doesn't add a level of interactivity or immersion to me being able to, like, waggle my Wiimote to, to pump back the ship brakes or whatever. But, um, it, like like I said, these aren't weighted equally. Like, I think it's it's very clear, like, like the, the Wii Motion controls is, is, like, the bulk of the gameplay and then the hyper mode and then the ship and then the wiggle waggling. So I, I'm going to give it a five. All right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not do that. I'm going to give it a three. Um, which is unfortunate because uh, <laughs> it's not a five. So yeah, the the previous times that I played this game in the, over the past few years, most recently was on Prime Hack with mouse and keyboard, which is how I very very clearly the Metroid Prime games are are just man. If they were made for mouse and keyboard, it'd be so good. But this game is, in my opinion, the most held back by its controls, like f- severely. I was not a huge fan of them when the game came out, but I tolerated them, and now having ten. A decade and a half has passed, and I've played FPS games and mouse keyboard and dual analog for that much longer. I was fi- I'm, I'm essentially fighting the game, which is not how I want to be playing a game. And maybe I don't know how to work motion controls. Maybe I'm an idiot. But when they're not working, they're very frustrating. When I can't, when my aim goes somewhere wonky, or oh, I moved and oh, I sprung jump or something for some reason, or something like that. I'm fighting with the camera to scan something because I can't get it right on where I want it to go. The, the lack of accuracy and precision is not fun for me. Um, it's not fun fighting the Wii Remote. It's not fun shaking it to get free from the Metroid Hatcher thing. It's not fun to do the push and pull stuff like you said. I like I like that interactable stuff, but it gets annoying when I'm fighting the controller to do it. I want to, I want to pull that bad boy back. <laughs> I want to click it in, but when my controller is not registering, it, it's it's not fun. And I maybe my setup is bad, but this is every time I played this game and I'm playing on the Wii. Um, so the motion controls, I, I motion controls do not lead to accuracy. And that's what I want in an FPS to be accurate and precise. And it does not afford you that just fundamentally, objectively. So you can be as accurate as you want to be, but you're not ever going to be as accurate as you could be with dual analog or mouse and keyboard um, or even like gyro controls. So that's the, that hugely sets it back for me. 
Um, it's still the thing is, it's still fun. Like even with that said, it's frustrating but still fun. I just wish it didn't have those frustrating elements. Um, like I'm fighting to scan stuff. It's super annoying. Um, I was gonna I bring that up. Scanning in this game, is, scanning this game is awful. Oh my it's god, tough. it is yeah. awful. Scanning in particular is really tough uh, via emulation. I was so I was actually having trouble scanning some of the smaller enemies, and I was like, "Man, I do not remember it being this mm. ina this inaccurate." But after looking it up, that's actually an emulation issue where it's like Every the scan visor has trouble. Bat, like, I was just like, "Oh my, oh god. my god, like, come on!" <laughs> I mean, but even in the original game, I just give up too. I'm like, "I'm not gonna. This is not even worth my time," which is annoying because I want to scan stuff, and the game like makes me not want to. Um, hyper mode, I agree, it makes the game super easy. It's definitely more of a power fantasy than a risk-reward thing, which is fine. I just wish it also had some risk-reward to it. Um, personally, what I would have done was made the hyper-mode difficulty the veteran difficulty and then put another difficulty above that. Because even veteran is crazy easy. Like, it does not take much at all. I I was because I played it through in, in veteran again um, because I was like, I'm not going to do hyper-mode. But then as I was playing, I was like, I should have done hyper-mode because especially with the hyper-mode in-game... Parts of the game are just tragically easy and do not require much thought. Um, hmm. I also think beam stacking is very lame and not cool. So that takes it down for me. And um, the only other thing I'll say is that I think the screw attack gets too much hate in this game. I'm totally fine with how the screw attack is implemented. Could it be implemented better? Yeah. I don't see why people dislike it so much. It, it's, it makes sense. It's fine. It's not something you're doing all the time. Is it the same as the 2D me Metroid screw attack? No. Do I think it could be? Yes. But at the time it wasn't, I still think it was fine. But yeah, I gave it a three. I just, I love the gameplay. It has like, it, it's it's prime gameplay. It has a little bit of Halo to it, especially the beginning, but like fighting with the motion controls. Like after playing this playthrough, I'm like, man, cannot wait to play this again on mouse and keyboard. Cause that was, it's fighting, fighting a game is my least favorite thing when it comes to, I should be enjoying it, not struggling to, to get on the same level. I, I definitely I agree with the, um, I definitely agree with the screw the screw attack thing thing in particular. I thought it was especially the wall jump. I feel like they did a lot more with the wall jump of this game, especially in that ice brio section where you can actually go from that one section mm -hmm. and then continue your your screw attack to the other side of the wall. I thought that was like really cool, and I, and I like how they did some of that. Um, you mentioned beam stacking. I definitely agree. I prefer I prefer beam swapping to stacking. Oh no! But I, I don't I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I, I'm I fine with it. It's lame to me. It's but not, like it's, it's not as I, fun. I, I will. I, I will say though, unrelated to the beam stacking, is it just me or is the plasma beam super underwhelming in this game? Like, like objectively, it, it, it is, it's more powerful. That's because it's, you're used to being like the ultimate beam in in Metroid Prime, and the well, well, beam definitely takes that. Well, not not just not just that, but like also just the sound design in general. Like it's just it everything fires. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I hate the char I hate the charge beam sound effect for everything about it. It just feels off. Um, I to, to combat something. I I really like beam stacking it, it being in this game because I I think there are multiple times, particularly in Echoes. My God, where it's just like you you switch between beams for the sake of doing it. It's very arbitrary. Um, just because you need there's just a different color on a door. So I I, I do like beam someone, stacking. I see as someone who plays Destiny and having to change colors based on our guns based on what color it is. I'm like I love it. Like, give me <laughs> let me do it. <laughs> I can see what you guys are saying about the screw tack, but here's the thing about the screw tack is like when you, when you have an item called that, you immediately have expectations that it's going to be used as a weapon that deals damage to enemies, or at least I do. And in Metroid Prime, it's more so a system of traversal, which which as it is, it's fine. Like I think the wall jumping is pretty cool. Like that that I think works great. But like as a, I mean, 
it is you know it is what it is you you're just you it's use more it to of get like across a space gaps. jump screw attack ba- basically kind yeah of thing. yeah it, it's not a screw attack in the way that you know i would picture it because i picture it as like okay i got this now i don't have to shoot any more enemies i can slice and dice all right i i will say though i'm oh, sorry doom go ahead you were talking first i can no, go I second was, i was um i was gonna say I actually think it's it's fun in this game because I agree it's definitely more of like a traversal tool or feels that way in this game. But I think the fun part is when you try to force it into combat situations. Now that that is fun, yeah. That I think I, is know, really like, fun, and, and and that I think gives it a bit more of appeal because it's like oh you can tell it's not as much for an attack as it used to yeah. be. But if you try <laughs> and make it that way, you can make it that way. I think the thing that uh, points out to me to the most is when you're is the um, the last boss fight in the game when you're fighting the Aurora unit. And when it's doing that really stupid uh, top spinning move, you can screw attack it. And it does some solid damage Let- and stuns it. Huh? There you go. Let it rip! Yeah so, like, yeah, so it's like, um, so that, like, stuff like that where, like, you can tell, like, you don't need your handheld to be told that. And it's good that you weren't because you kind of find it out. I actually forgot about it and I did it by accident <laughs> on this one. Like, just <laughs> mashing. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was cool. Um, so stuff like that, I think is fine, but I agree. It's definitely not like the screw attack that of old that we know. And I hope in prime four, we get more of a, of a screw attack. That's a bit more based on, on combat and damage and less on, on traversal. Yeah. I mean, like it doesn't, was, it doesn't stink. Sorry, doom. Just for, to put a, a period. I, like, I don't think it stinks. It's just like, I, I can picture a way that it could have been cooler and, and maybe a little bit more traditional, which is why yeah. like, I'm just kind of like, eh. I would also say the the sh- I do agree that I wish there was more command visor stuff. Now like, speaking, actually speaking what, what's of what's in the game, uh, is cool, but I wish there was more. I, what they should have done was borrowed from the original Shine Spark. Actually, was like as you're in hyper mode, that energy is drain, drain, draining away. That would have been cool. Yeah, I was gonna say is that I don't I don't mind it necessarily just because I mean the Metroid Prime series in general kind of re envisions upgrades and sometimes they're like one to one to the two D games, but sometimes they're completely different i mean you look at the beams in prime one and aside from the ice beam all of them are pretty unique and i'd argue the plasma beam in that game is like the best plasma beam like in all the games period despite the fact that it's completely different you know to the 2d plasma beams obviously screw attack is a little bit different because you know obviously 2d screw attack and even the other m screw attack is definitely the, the better implementations of it but like for what it is in the game i still think it's just a fun upgrade and that's really at the end of the day all that matters to me okay items and abilities who wants to go first? I I have a thought in my head. I don't know if you guys are going to agree with it. Okay, go for it. I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give this another four out of five. Um, you know, we were just talking about the screw attack, but that um, actually does not factor at all into my uh, items and abilities. Um, I did talk about the plasma beam as well, so I'll just skip over that in the notes. Um, let's talk about the grapple beam. Oh my god, the grapple beam in this series is the best by far. Even Dak, you know, Dak was just saying that even though the motion controls didn't resonate with you as much, you know, the grapple beam and the specifically the grapple lasso, just ripping ripping stuff off, that's something I feel like is just universally loved by almost everyone. And, you know, there's so much you know, there's so much use that I love and um stuff that I love that eventually would get carried over into like Samus Returns and Dread as well. But even still, Prime 3 um, I feel like has um, the best use out of it. even stuff like the um, the the grapple voltage, which you know it's on its own is kind of whatever. I don't know. I kind of like it. I think it's a really creative use of the grapple beam. It's kind of like this proto Metroid ability before like the Metroid suit in a way, where you're like siphoning energy know, yeah. from like devices and enemies and stuff like that, which which I think is really interesting. And uh, I mean, oh my god, the command visor. 
obviously, I mean, there's so there's so much potential there of like where you could go, and I definitely want to see where. Um, I hope, I God, I hope that this comes back in Prime Four because man, there's so much stuff that you can do with it. But like, even as a first attempt in Prime Three, like there's so. Like, it's such a cool idea, and, like, um, just even using it as a landing pad, let alone, you know, stuff like the ship grapple beam, which has, which leads to, like, some of the coolest puzzles in the game, in my opinion, where you're, like, you know, constantly going between areas, and you're, like, stacking, like, all of these power sources together to create, like, you know, whether uh, it be, like, a giant kaizu-sized golem to clear the way for you, or a generator to help you get an energy cell. Like, there's so much cool stuff that you can do with the ship grapple. The only downside of it, really, is I wish that the ship missiles got a little bit more use that feels like kind of a one and done after you uh, take out the brio generators but um you but yeah other than that like on that big uh that big aircraft in the space pirate homeworld that's the only other place that... i can think of yeah yeah that's true but um but yeah other but yeah otherwise like i think as an introduction it's really cool and then um again yeah aside from aside from the plasma beam feeling kind of underwhelming i think most of the returning upgrades you know they they, they function pretty much identically from, like, what I remember. So, yeah, not much really to say there. So, yeah, four out of five. Four out of five. All right. Okay. Andy, go for it. I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to give it mm, a two. Okay. Um, and I'm going to give it a two for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think a lot of the items that you get kind of stink. Second of all, a lot of the items that you get you barely use. And, and third of all, I just, I, I think that hyper mode is so, I love hyper mode as I was just saying, but it, it's so prevalent in the game that it, I think it renders a lot of other stuff kind of useless. For example, like when I'm in hyper mode, um, I don't think beyond like when the game made me use these items to progress, I don't think I basically ever used hyper missiles, the hyper ball, certainly not the hyper grapple beam, um, I, I think I am that that one fan that doesn't necessarily love the grapple lasso uh, because whenever I use the lasso, it's like if I ever had problem and I like I said, I didn't have very many problems, uh, if at all. But if I ever did have problems with the motion controls, it was always, always pulling back on something after I'd grappled it. So I don't really love that. Um, you know, we talked about the plasma beam. I think it kind of stinks in this game. Uh, the command visor, I think, is incredible, but you, you really never use it which brings me to the ship grapple and the ship missiles which you don't use the ship missiles at all and it's like what's the point of getting these expansions for this because i'm never going to use them again um i love the ship lasso but again you don't you don't use it you know i think there's two expansions that you get that and i'll talk about this later but um again very like very very limited and and i think like You've got some of the returning items and like, yeah, you've got ice missiles, which is kind of cool. But I mean, it's basically just like regular missiles. So it doesn't feel that special to me. Um, power bombs aren't in this game, which which is fine. But like, I think the Nova Beam, I think the Nova Beam is cool. And I think the X-Ray Visor is, is really cool in this game. But like beyond that, it's like, it's like wh which expansion have I either not seen before? Is this game really like what? unique to like what ability is this is does this game have that really says like this is the hallmark of corruption and i think it's the grapple lasso and i don't love it um so yeah i i just i i think it kind of i think it just kind of missed the mark a little bit um it had you know it had uh, 
the screw tack, which we've talked about. It had a couple other abilities. I don't know. Just didn't. They didn't do it for me, uh, either from lack of uh, fulfilling potential to use them or just, you know, from me just not really enjoying the gimmick of using it. And and that kind of goes back to me, like, not really loving, like, the, the portion of the gameplay where, like, you have to interact. Like, like I get it. It's fun for some people to, like, yank back. But, like, I just, I don't want to do that if I'm fighting Omega Ridley. Like, I just, I'm in the moment. And, like, if I can't get it to work, that takes me out of the moment. And I feel like that's... I guess I'm punishing items and abilities more so than gameplay for that. Um, but there it is. I give it a two. Well, I think I think it's also fair because of how intrinsically tied they are. So I think it kind of makes sense to, you know, yeah. it's kind of go in that direction if you feel affected by it. Yeah, I mean, I, I gave it a three, but I pretty much agree with what you said, Andy. Um, There's nothing really super exciting in the game, though I, I do like the grapple stuff. And again, the... The one part of the motion stuff that always worked for me was pulling back with the nunchuck, and that was always satisfying to <laughs> me. So I always Go that was always dope. I love that. That was great. Everything else didn't work for me, so I don't know why. Um, yeah, it was really more so like there was nothing offensively bad. It just there's a lot of stuff that like you barely use. It's kind of you've seen it before. It's not really exciting or new, or it's missing. So I pretty much agree. Command visor felt very underutilized. The screw attack works well, but could be better. The beams stack, and they're not really exciting. The spring ball kind of dilutes the game a little bit. Um, the X-ray visor coming back is cool, though. I enjoyed that. So, not super exciting. Could have. I think this is probably one of the weaker parts of the game. I, 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 yeah. I will say, I love how... I, I, think, I think the Nova Beam, you collect that a bit too late in the game, for my liking. I think that should have been a little bit more... Maybe maybe not right as you enter Pirate Homeworld, but maybe like your second trip. I think you should have gotten that before the um before Hazard Shield, and maybe Hazard could have been like the final upgrade you collect before entering yeah. the sea. And I think that would have been I think that would have been a lot better. Cause what I love about it is I love how the Nova Beam and X-ray visor are used together in combat. Like I yes. think I love the emphasis on combat and how like enemies that once gave you trouble now you can just one shot and you get this like really sick like zoom in kind of almost reminiscent of like the um the sniper from hunters almost to a degree um and we were actually talking about this for um the prime three guide Doom told you didn't even me realize that, that blew you could my do- mind he's like yeah you can write about the quick kill with the nova beam and x-ray visor <laughs> metroid hatcher and i was like Huh? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can literally two you can literally two shot that thing after you collect collect both. It's such a it's such a cool thing. The scan the scans don't even mention it. It's just something you just kind of have to experiment and find on your own. But like I, I love stuff like that. I, Metroid is all about experimentation to me, and so I love that there's like all these like hidden enemies that like you wouldn't you wouldn't even guess that where you could do that with. But yeah, totally. again, I feel like I feel like it would have been cool if you could do that just a little bit earlier than when you're authorized to do so. I think that's fair. Authorized. That's a, that's a curse <laughs> word around these parts, Doom. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with everything that you just said. I think what you just laid out was was pretty much on the money. Um, okay, well, let's talk about areas in the game. I'm going to take the lead on this one, guys, because I'm feeling chipper here. I'm going to give it a five. I, lo- I actually, I probably would have given it a four or maybe even lower before my recent replay through. But, like, man... I love the pirate homeworld. This is this is like got to be one of the most underrated areas in the entire series. It looks so awesome. The, this acid rain, this the like acid rain, yeah. neon, like just cyberpunk kind of vibe to it. It's totally up my alley. And like Dak, as you said earlier, like each area has its own like little sub area almost that that just feels like so. It really adds to the atmosphere and adds to the the presentation. Um, so the pirate homeworld, I think, is incredible. I love like the more 
military feel of Norion and, and like that opening sequence as we talked about again. And and the GFS Olympus too is just like it feels like this cool warship uh that that you're on in uh you know the Valhalla of course is so creepy and we we talked about I mean Skytown is just absolutely beautiful and majestic mm-hmm. and but but it also has its dark underbelly with the uh with the Xeno Research Lab which is just an incredible moment phase I think is is probably the best ending area of of any Metroid game um I mean, it just like, and, and, you know, Brio, I think Brio is probably the the weaker one because it, it kind of goes for a little bit of everything. It kind of goes for a jungle, an ice, a fire, a, a rock kind of aesthetic, but like none of it's bad. And like, there's, there's, like I said earlier, there's all this cool, like war golem stuff and, and other just augmentations. So I, I really think that like the areas in this game are, are slept on and underappreciated because I was replaying it and, and going through and I was just like god this is awesome like the pirate homeworld sky town this 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 battle on Norian like the the Valhalla like this is great um so yeah easy five actually yeah I'm right there with you uh this is gonna be a five out of five for me as well much like you know the art direction and the atmosphere this these are all pretty intrinsically tied together so fives across the board for all that and also much like you I probably would I almost certainly would have given this a four had I not replayed this, because man, I forgot just how strong yeah. these areas are. You know, you know, despite my criticism earlier about how, you know, I wish the backtracking was a little more traditional, man, again, I don't mind it just because of how much fun these areas are to like rediscover and explore and, you know, just seek out all their details and their history and all that. Like there's so much going, you know, even again, even in the smaller areas like Norian and the Valhalla, there's so much stuff that is just jam-packed in these areas for you to discover. And, like, every single area to me is just, like, incredibly memorable because of that, you know. Uh, the Pirate Homeworld in particular, again, like, before my playthrough, I would have said this is probably, like, on the weaker side. Oh, my God, this this might be one of my favorite Metroid areas of all time. It is so well-designed, and there's so much cool stuff in here. You know, you have, again, these horrific, like, biological experiments, but you also have these really, like, gritty, you know, mechanical equipment and transportation stuff and then you also have like these high-tech security centers and all that and then of course you know you have the uh the, the big uh invasion sequence leading your way to the sea which i absolutely love that sequence oh, by, by the way god i love i love awesome. it i can't believe we haven't brought that up till right now where you're building the bomb god that's oh yeah. so good well, well no, i'm not talking about the bomb i'm not talking about the bomb on sky time i'm talking about the invasion sequence where you oh, where, you know dane comes the, yeah yeah you yeah, you come yeah, to the yeah, planet and you're, you're literally you're, you're storming it. Yeah, I, I love don't I, I love building the nuke too, but yeah, I'm talking about the invasion sequence. But yeah, just there's so much. I I think I I forgot just how diverse these areas were because I just kind of associated Prime Three like oh you have the sky area, you have the pirate area. You got no all three of these areas are so diverse and have so much stuff going going on with them. Like you know again you mentioned Sky Town like. On one hand, you know, you have this Chozo research facility, but then you have, again, the pirate research facility where all hell breaks loose as you slowly see as you start to go go deeper into the area. Brio, I absolutely, I, I think Brio is a really slept on area. I absolutely love Brio. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of this game's version of like the powerful ancient civilization long lost, but you see this. But unlike previous areas where you see like a snapshot in time with Brio, you see decades of time span throughout the areas that you visit. You know, 
you see ancient ruins, but then you also see eons later where technology is advanced and you see like more, you know, metallic structures as a pro- as opposed to like, you know, more rock built structures and stuff like that. And you see hybrids and stuff like that. But then you also see like more recent times when like the Federation landed and started, you know, implementing their technology to siphon the field. There's just there's so much stuff going on in all these worlds. And of course, you got the, you know, the, the pirate base when you're trying to take out the generators as well. There's like so much different going on. And they all clash naturally because of, again, how factionalized the art direction is. But I think it just makes the areas feel, again, so alive and lived in and unique. Absolutely love it. I I really can't add much else. I also gave these a five. All the areas are really cool and dope for all the reasons y'all described. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, like, I mean, stuff like just, yeah, the pirate homeworld is super cool. Like, seeing that huge defensive shield um sky town super vast even brio has like chozo ruins magmore you know kind of vibes to it so i was totally okay with that as well phase is sick the valhalla awesome norian is like really the first time we get to like be in a, in a galactic federation installation which is really cool so yeah five out of five <laughs> uh okay let's talk about the bosses and the enemies of the game i am uh i'm gonna give it a five i think like you, this game has some of the most awesome boss fights, I think, actually in the series. Like, I, I love the Meta Ridley boss fight where you're falling down the shaft and you're playing the role of Gandalf and he's the the Balrog, I think is incredible. Uh, the Gandreda fight, I think, is amazing. The Rundus fight. Um, the Gore fight, even, I, I think is awesome. Omega Ridley is... Like, there's... I'm looking at the list of fights and, like, like pretty much every one is awesome. And, like... Like there's some mini bosses that are kind of like they're you know they're they're fine but like the the big the big set piece bosses like even the ones that you don't have any kind of attachment to like Mogonar or, or Helios like those are still awesome fights that that are really fun um, and and of course the uh, the fight with Dark Samus I think I don't think it, may, it maybe reaches the highs of like some of the fights in Echoes but like I, I think it's a really fun fight and the setting really adds to it the Aurora unit adds to it. Um, yeah, I, I think that, and that's just like enemies in general, like we talked about earlier, like I think like, um, you know, the just the amount of enemies, first of all, is staggering and all the space pirates. I will say this though, I, I there's one thing about the space pirates that I, that kind of bothers me and that like, you can have like an armored shield pirate and, and you destroy his armor and now it's just a shield pirate. So you can miss that scan because you've already scanned it. But like now it's a different enemy because you've broken his, his armor. And if you take away his shield with your with your lasso, then he's a different enemy as well. So I, I don't like that. However, that that aside, yeah, I, I think like all the steam bot like Steam Lord is awesome. Like there's there's so many wicked enemies in this game. The Berserker Lords, uh, this is this is a good five for me. Uh Dak, what say you? Yeah, I Hmm, this one is tough. This one is tough. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a five. I want yeah. to maybe, maybe give it a four because some of the boss fights have some slightly goofy moments, like when Ridley is in his damage phase. He's like <laughs> standing there flailing his arms. Or... That's great. What would you be doing if you were in your damage phase? I'd be not, not that. <laughs> not, um, or like the Aurora unit spinning on a top. Like that was that. I don't know what's going on, what's going on with that. But like those are very small things. Um, there are tons of boss fights that are really good. The, all the all three of the Hunter fights, I think, are fantastic. Excuse me. Um, I really enjoyed the Dark Samus fight. The, the first Meta Ridley fight in the game. 
I think it's one of the best boss fights in, in a Metroid game period. It might even be one of my favorite boss fights of all time. I mean, it's it's super frantic. There's a time limit, like counting off. You could like you're hurtling down like you're trying. I, I really love this is kind of what I forgot about it is I really love how you're not only fighting to aim and hit Ridley, but you're also trying to not hit the sides of the, mm. the of the of the chasm or whatever it is, the big room, the big right? shaft. The, yeah. The, and shaft, the, de- the debris coming at you too. Yeah, so like you have that element of like you're slowly, slowly, slowly moving over towards the wall. You got to correct, but you're also trying to aim and all that. Like that stuff is really cool. You have the the OG Meta Ridley theme. It's it's led into as like Ridley's like chomping at you while you're on the morph ball tracks outside. Um, obviously, the Rundus uh, boss battle is is super iconic. Yeah, I, there are a couple goofy moments, but like that, I don't think that's enough to to knock it down a point. So I'm gonna give it a five. Oh, I think the the boss fights in this game kind of like are through and through really really strong even kind of the more minor boss fights like the uh the little beast thing you fight in brio the korak or whatever mm. um or like the defense drone or the helios robot like even those are our strong uh bosses without being like major players in the story um or hugely memorable so yeah i think like all the bites boss fights are at least good if not really really good super memorable so yeah i mean i, I don't really think there's even a boss fight in the game that like i didn't enjoy maybe um so yeah, maybe the Metroid Hatcher because you have to shake it off. But yeah, I, I, I the boss just uh, just true. get the X Ray and Nova before you face him. <laughs> yeah, yes. actually. Yeah. Uh, right, so yeah, I'm yeah I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna break the combo with a four out of five on this one. Um, I want to talk about what I love love first though, because um, you know for the longest for for the longest time on the podcast I've been saying you know even though I don't like the story implications of Proteus Ridley appearing Samus returns. Easily my favorite Ridley fight. Uh, sorry, Proteus Ridley, you've been dethroned after this playthrough. It's it's the Shaft fight with uh, Meta Ridley in Prime 3. That is... I mean, I've always been a fan of that, but, like, actually playing it for myself again, it's just... Oh, my God. It's just it's just so thrilling and intense, and so it's so unique for a Ridley fight. It's such, and, such and a cool idea. I hope in Metroid, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing absolutely. Like really nothing like it. Yeah, I, ho- I hope Prime 4 has, like... not. It doesn't even necessarily have to be with Ridley, but just more like unique fights that like. <laughs> Run well, I, obviously. I, I mean, I mean, Ridley's obviously going to be appearing prime for. I mean, just like unique fights that like you know, you're not in an arena, you're not you know, you don't have all your movement. Like you're in this very unique situation that like places limitations on you, but those limitations instantly make the fight more interesting. And so, yeah, I absolutely love that. I actually think the best boss of the game is technically not even a boss. My favorite boss is that uh, that phase on vacuum you fight uh, before you get the Nova Beam. Such a cool idea for a fight, and I just love yeah, that is just cool. rag, just absolutely ragdolling the, those pirates like into the into the machinery to jam it. Like that's such it's it's hilarious. It's fun. It's goofy, but like in a way that also like intrinsically just makes it like yeah, that of course that that makes sense. How you're going to destroy the vacuum by jamming it up. Um, the Omega Ridley fight, nowhere near my favorite Ridley fight, but it's a lot better than I remember. And I think, you know, even, you know, the, the, the goofy damage phase aside, like, I, I think it's a pretty fun fight. Even the, um, even, even the places where, like, he flies around, it's nowhere near as bad as the, uh, the, the time that he wastes in that, uh, that first encounter in Metroid Prime 1. So I actually, I actually really enjoyed this fight. Let, let's yep. get to the weaknesses, uh, though. Um... Maginar straight up might be one of my least favorite boss fights ever. I despise really? this fight so much. Really? The, really? The boss fight in general, the boss fight in general, it's fine. It's just, oh my god, he's such a bullet sponge. 
to such an unfun degree. Like even when you're in hyper mode, like this thing just tanks health and you're just there for so long. And it just, man, I just, really? I, I don't like it. Uh, it doesn't help. Doesn't help that I'm not a fan of his boss theme either. But I'll talk more about that again in the music. But yeah, just overall one of my least favorite boss fights in the Prime trilogy. Um, whoever's idea it was to add phasoids in this game, I just want to have a talk. Just, just a conversation. Just a conversation. Uh, not, not a fan of those. those and then, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think it's a bad fight, but I think. Aurora Unit 313 is by far the most anticlimactic final boss in in the series. I mm. really don't think that's the final boss fight we should have ended on. I think it should have been I personally I again, this is another phase where I like completely re-scripted the boss fight on my script, but you know, maybe maybe I'll do an Omega Metroid article on that cuz I'm not going to talk about that today. But um but yeah, overall, again, in a bubble, fine boss fight, but definitely not worthy of a final especially like when you compare it to like you know metroid prime and emperor ing slash dark slam it's like way significantly better final bosses that i feel like live up but yeah au313 just doesn't do it for me yeah i i like the boss fight but i agree i think maybe the context was maybe not the best or like could have been slotted before yeah i will say though i do like the the magner fight um Mm. it's not crazy i'm not saying it's super impressive or crazy but i I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was bad. And, and also, I've, I've also realized that you and I have uh, very different definitions of bullet sponges because it did not <laughs> nothing in Metroid has ever felt very super bullet spongy to me in any of the games. So I, I feel like, like Mogner in particular is, is just kind of like more of a almost like a puzzle boss, too, where like you just have to quickly eliminate his four little uh, gimmicks on him and then he's dead. I, I will agree with you about Aurora unit in the sense that like I think it's a like in terms of difficulty, it's pretty easy. Um, not really the the real end boss. No, well, no, but I'm necessarily think the talking about the, really helps that that fight. I'm not even me. necessarily. I'm not even necessarily talking about difficulty. I'm just mean like in general. Like this is the final fight of the trilogy. This is what everything's been leading up to. Au Au three one three. Just it doesn't it doesn't feel like the right one, especially because you don't even really find out how integral to the plot that is until literally right before you fight it. And it just yeah. Again, as a boss fight, it's a fun boss fight, but as a final boss, eh. Yeah does not feel earned to me at all i guess so i, I mean like he, dark samus does kind of like merge with 313 but but i, I appreciate what you're saying it was yeah, it I was think, an odd I choice think, mm-hmm. i think dark samus is like the real final boss yeah. and then we kind of just get the little extra mm-hmm. but i i get it like it's not as cl- climatic as it could be um okay let's talk about expansions and um i'll take the lead here because I, I know that you're not super one for for collecting all the expansions, Dak. But uh, I mean, I like listen. I, I think the Metroid Prime games are are always going to be at a disadvantage with with fun expansions versus the 2D games uh, because there's no shine sparking yet, and and that really is a large part of my enjoyment of, of getting a lot of these expansions in the game. But like, I also look at at Metroid Prime Two, and there's some really really quality expansions in that game that you have to do a lot of cool puzzles with you know flip in between light and dark you have to spider boost and and you're doing all sorts of of crazy fun stuff and it and it feels challenging and it feels rewarding and and i actually i think this is the weakest part of this game i'm gonna give it a one i think that there are almost no good or fun expansions to get um there's a couple where like yeah you have to you have to do some like pretty precise uh like boosting when you're on the spider tracks but like maybe five in the game and considering we've got like 
50 missile expansions that's not a great that's not a great look um i think that like there's there's these ship missile expansions in this game that you never you never use so like why would you feel compelled to get them unless you're just going for 100 percent? like there's there's no reasoning for it um and there's like there are so many because hyper mode to your point earlier doom uh you have to inject an energy tank to use hyper mode there there's no risk reward because there's at least four occasions I can think of where you walk into a room, you shoot the door open, and there's just an energy tank sitting there waiting for mm-hmm. you. And it's it's just like, oh, okay, I, I, I guess I'll take this. Um, so I, I think the lack of fun or challenging puzzles to get expansions, the lack of need for an entire subset of expansions, and the, the ease of your energy tanks is 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 really disheartening to me because I I love going and getting uh, the hundo and and getting and unlocking all that stuff. Um, so yeah, th- this was this is pretty deflating I think playing this game. But I will say that I do love that Metroid Prime Three at least has the Chozo Observatory where you can go in and you can actually see where all those expansions are. Although to counter that, I hate that it doesn't show you expansions located in Brio Ice because. I don't know. Raise your hand if, if you're a completionist and you're just like, ah, I have one missile left. Where the hell is it? And I, I'm looking everywhere and it's in Brio Ice. That makes sense. I vividly because communications to Brio Ice are not great. It, it does. It, like, it, like gameplay wise, it, it makes, makes sense, sense. But I just, it stinks. I, like, I vividly remember my first ever playthrough back when I was a wee lad playing Prime 3. And I vividly remember that exact thing happening oh, to me. Lad. That was. Yeah, we lad. I believe that I believe that Spider-Ball energy tank was like the final one I collected. Um well, technically it wasn't the final one before 100% cuz you still have the Valhalla tanks and whatnot, but like of everything pre-Valhalla, I think that was the final upgrade that I was missing. <laughs> well, you're like I've looked everywhere. Um, like where is it? So, yeah, <laughs> it, it pains me to give Metroid Prime 3 a 1 in anything cuz I think it's such a fantastic game, but they, like in terms of like even even knowing that the the 3D games probably at least right now are not going to match the the 2D games in terms of like enjoyment for me in terms of how you get expansions. This this was still pretty low. It like way below Metroid Prime and Metroid Prime 2. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to go as low as you, but I pretty much agree with everything you just said there. I'm going to give this a 3 out of 5 just because, you know, like like you mentioned the the big the big one for me is just that so many of these exp- early game expansions in particular are literally just handed handed out to you. A lot of these are, in fact, mandatory. Like, they're unskippable yeah. expansions. There's at least two energy tanks I'm thinking of where you just, you're, you're, it's like in a morph ball tunnel that you have to progress like through. Like, all the first energy like, tanks you get in the game uh, is literally in a morph ball tunnel that you well, have to progress and, and, and you know what? That one is okay because, like, you, you have to get at least one energy tank to use hyper mode. So, like, I, yeah. you know yeah. what? Okay. But, like, That's after right. that, it's just, like, one and then two. And then it's, like... Holy cow! Like I'm, I'm OP. This is like I'm not mm-hmm. even, I'm not even halfway through Brio yet, and I've got like seven energy tanks. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not a. F- and and the thing is, the game still does that to you. It, it gets, it gets, you know, as you progress later, it doesn't do it as much. But like even the, the Valhalla, there's like, you know, you just have to open a door. Not even an energy cell door. You just one. Of, there's a door you open, and it's just, it's just sitting there, and it's like, okay, yeah. then I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah. it, it's actually pretty funny. There's a, there's a, a a deceased trooper literally like reaching out to the tank, and I felt bad for him. It's like, bro, you that's were like cool. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely like what lowers the expansions down for me. 
I think where I disagree, though, is that I, I do think even in spite of that, there's still like a lot of really fun, memorable puzzles for me, specifically during that 100% sweep where you're going back with your all your upgrades. There's a lot of Spider-Ball puzzles in particular. I love the Metroid Prime Spider-Ball. And while it doesn't quite reach the heights of Echoes for me, I think it definitely tops the Spider-Ball puzzles in Prime 1, which were already pretty good in my opinion. I think that maybe the one exception is the... Um, the uh, the plasma beam puzzle that you that you do in that game that might be like the one exception, but like otherwise I, I think the uh, spider ball puzzles in this game are really strong. Even though I wish the command visor was more utilized, I still really love those ship grapple puzzles. Um, you know, All even even if there's only even it's two of them, but they're two incredibly memorable puzzles. I really love. Like, all the setup, especially, like, having to um, connect the two areas of Brio together. Like, it's a really multi... Like, there's so many steps involved that I just... I really like. But, yeah, um... fair. But, uh, yeah. The, definitely the biggest weakness of this game is just how much stuff is just handed out to you. And I wish they, uh... You know, I, I wish they respected the player just a little bit more in that regard. Well... I mean, at this point, I think we're all agreeing at just whether or not how much like number like count we're putting on our feelings, because I think we're all saying pretty much the same thing. I agree. I'm going to give it a two for all the same reasons. Um, a lot of stuff is handed to you. A lot of there are really cool puzzles and there's some really cool expansions you can get. But some stuff is kind of deflating and underwhelming. I think also the game kind of goes a little far and like divvy, like splitting up, like the grapple is split up into like four different expansions. Like they split up the lasso and the swing, which are like, all right, it's early yeah. game, but like that seemed very unnecessary to me. Um, that was actually, I remember, I, I, sorry to cut you off. I yeah, actually no. remember during my very first playthrough, like that always confused me. Cause like I saw the grapple points and I'm like, I have the grapple beam. Why can't I, why can't I hook my grapple beam? I, I don't understand. Yeah. I, di I didn't realize that that was a separate upgrade during my, fr anyways, go on. Yeah, no, I, I, stuff like that is just kind of like, why, you know, I mean, obviously I understand it's because like the motion controls were such a big deal. Like they wanted to put as much emphasis as they could, but like logically, like, yeah, if I can lasso something, why can't I lasso the grapple hook and lasso my way over there? You know, especially when you end up getting it like 15, 20 minutes later anyway. Um, and that's kind of where it's like, okay, maybe the game just doesn't have as many cool things to give me. So it's like splitting up these things it does have into multiple portions to, to kind of spread it out. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing, again, nothing crazy. I'm like, oh, I got to go get this. Yeah, I gave it a two for all the same reasons. Okay, last category. Doom, kick us off the music. All right. Uh, music, uh, I'm going to give uh, a four out of five. This is actually another reason I'm really glad I replayed this game because... Um, I, I don't want to say I've poo-pooed on Prime 3's music. I've always, like, really enjoyed it. But to me, like... And while I still think it's, like, probably the weakest soundtrack of the trilogy, it's definitely a lot stronger than I remember it. Um, it while, while it doesn't always work for me, I really appreciate that the game tries to go for something different. You know, it incorporates these more cinematic and orchestral elements into the Metroid soundscape, which I'm usually not a fan of, but I think there's a lot of instances in this game where it actually works really well. Um, you know, Dak and I, like, ogle about the title theme and how incredible that title title music is. And, I mean, my God, it's just absolute perfection. It's so different, but I think it works as, like, you know, this cap-off to, you know, of the finale of the trilogy, you know, to really put into aural form just how high the stakes are this time around. Um... Brio might be one of my favorite Metroid pieces of music of all time. I, God, I love the Brio music. I love the the choirs. You know, Metroid has a very distinct choir sound, particularly from Kenji mm. Yamamoto. But like the Brio choirs in this game are just so 
somber and almost like reg- there's the, there's like this hint of regret in them which like really which is like really transpires like throughout the lore that you read about the you know the game and about the civil war that outbroke and it's just god it's it's such a beautiful piece of music that i absolutely adore um uh the the defense drone kind of a whatever boss for me absolutely love the defense drone boss music though it's so intense i love i love you know these almost mechanical like metallic percussion that you hear you know you have all these off beats like uh, you know it almost echoes like off of each snare hit so cool um sky town obviously you know i mean we could go on about sky town for ages and even the credits music i used to not be a fan of the credits music but each time i've replayed the game i've appreciated it more and more and uh, that didn't change with this playthrough at all. I think again, this is like a really nice finale. And it actually, it actually feels very traditional when it comes to Metroid credits music. Where you know, in the original Metroid, you know, you have these very dark, somber themes, but then you complete the game and you have this very uplifting, like you know, very kind of uh, major key moment that kind of symbolizes the end of the game. And Prime Three does something very similar to that to kind of cap off the end of the trilogy, the end of this, you know, long, you know, this long phase on uh, battle that Samus has gone through. And there's this sense of peace almost, which I uh, really like. Um, and then of course, Prime Three also does stuff, you know, that that's just, you know, the purely orchestral stuff. I also love when a uh, Prime Three kind of mixes and matches, you know, the traditional Metroid soundscape along with those more cinematic elements. You know, with Rundus, you know, you have again those traditional Metroid synths, but then you also have the orchestral elements. You have Kenji Yamamoto just wailing away on the guitar, and you know, it sounds badass at the beginning, but it sounds just really brutal during that end, which I which I really love. I love that breakdown at the uh, during during the end of that piece. Uh, the Omega Ridley theme, even though the boss fight not quite as strong as the first one, I absolutely love that piece. The only only Ridley theme in the series uh, that has a different time signature, by the way. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, where I think Prime 3's music... or Actually, before I talk about that, I also have to talk about the um, ooh, the uh, the Leviathan theme. Uh, the Leviathan theme. So it reuses a piece from Metroid Prime 1, the, the Phazon material theme, where you're like really deep in the Phazon mines, but then it adds all of these other synthesizers and strings on top of that and it just goes just absolutely wild and it almost like you you almost feel it radiating off and i just i absolutely love that leviathan theme but you forgot going on some of the more theme. weaker low key a great huh? theme i love that theme very somber very I re- oh my god and the uh, the, the freaking the pirate homeworld theme how, how did i not talk about pirate homeworld oh my god. by the way by the way so i looked it up because i was i was pretty sure remember we were talking about a couple weeks ago i was like i'm, I'm pretty sure that's the criteria theme so we were both right. It's, the the it's, track it's is the, called Criteria after the space pirates appear. I was gonna say it's isn't it isn't the what you hear in the pirate homeworld theme the space pirates emerge theme from Super Metroid? Isn't that specifically yep. what it is? Yes, the yep. track yeah. is called both. Criteria Space Pirates Emerge. So both yeah. both versions done by our man Kenji Yamamoto, I might add. <laughs> Go. Okay, what's your score? What? The, oh, oh, I already, already said uh, a, a, a four out of five. Yeah, a four out of five. Okay, but yeah. Wait, wait, but why is it? Wait, some why of the, is it some a of the five? yeah, yeah. I'll I'll make this real quick. Um, yeah, I just think um some of the other pieces in in the game I think are a little weaker, particularly from the more orchestral side. Again, I think most of it works, but where I don't think it works is stuff like Crisis on Norian, Brio Thorn Jungle. I talked about the Moganar theme earlier. I really am not a fan of Gore's theme at all. Gandreda's theme is really good. Rundus's theme is obviously like one of the best pieces ever written. Gore's theme just kind of sounds goofy to me, honestly. And then I'm also not a big fan of the Helios boss music. Um, some of this stuff, I just, I feel like it leans 
One, it leans to orchestral, and also two, a lot of the uh, synth patches used to mimic the orchestral elements are very obvious here, which is another problem I have with Metroid Dread's kind of more or synthy orchestral score as well. I don't like, I feel like if you're going to do an orchestral score, like it needs, you know, it either needs to blend both separately or like those orchestral elements have to like really stand out and almost feel like close to real life. But I feel like here they, it just, it feels very cheap and toy like, which not a fan of that being said, again, still a four out of five, still some absolutely incredible pieces of music. Um, and yeah, it's a top tier Metroid soundtrack for sure. All right, Dak. What you um, think? Yeah, I, I would also, um, <clears throat> I would also give it a four for pretty much a lot of the same reasons. Um, very, very strong soundtrack, but there are some tracks that like eh, I'm not a huge fan of for a lot of the same reasons. Whereas like if I go back to like the Prime soundtrack, I feel like there's like no skips on that bad boy. So like that's like on one hand like yeah i think i think a lot of the character themes are strong actually like the gore theme uh though it is the weakest of the three i like that there's like a mix of prime one and two and fusion because you kind of get like the galactic federation element which like feels very fusiony to me you also um, you also have uh, minako hamada returning from fusion and super so i definitely knew that and <laughs> so like there's like i mean the omega ridley theme awesome uh, obviously skytown brio but like brio has a really good main theme but i think the jungle theme is okay and the ice theme is like ripped from Fendrata Drifts almost and does not really do anything different. Um, I really love the the space battle and orbit theme when they're like you're just out and with the fleets. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I hmm. Do I mean I, I think I can't give it a five because it's not like a not that it has to be a flawless soundtrack, but I don't know. Maybe I would. This one's hard because like I think it's really good and there are some themes in here that are really, really strong. But there are a couple themes that like I'm not a huge fan of, but at the same time, I guess. I said Prime has no skips, but if I really went back and analyzed, I'm sure there would be one or two that I'm like, like, oh, I'm not a huge fan of this one. But when I think of the Prime, other Prime soundtrack, I think this actually might be a better soundtrack than maybe the Prime 2 one, but not Prime 1, maybe. I agree. I think that's where I'm kind of landing. I'll, be the, I'll be the sole Prime 2 I, defender. <laughs> I th- I th- not that Prime 2's is like worse or anything, but I think I enjoy Prime 3's more than Prime 2's, but I think Prime 1 is still, uh, is still top tier. This one's hard. Um... I think because I'm not like firmly this is a five like I have been on other categories, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to make it three for three and give it a four. I don't really have much to add to what you guys said. Great soundtrack. I, I think the thing is about Corruption soundtrack is it's it's missing that one signature piece. Like like you think of Metroid Prime and I think you think of Fendrana Drifts. And if you don't think of that, maybe you think of the, uh, the Talon Overworld or you think like there's that the, the music of that game is so incredible and i think you think of metro prime 2 you're just like sanctuary fortress what a great track you think of super metroid you're like lower brinstar what a great track um and and i i don't i don't think that you have that with this game and that and that's not a slight on any of the music it's just it's more so that like everything is so consistent to a level like 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 i said like i think that this game has a better soundtrack than metroid prime 2 but it like it's it's almost like a band that releases an album that that's full of like really really great songs you can listen to it front to back it's a great album but this other band has an album with one amazing song that you that's your favorite song and the rest of the album kind of sucks and it's a one hit wonder but uh so yeah i i think that it, it just it doesn't have anything to me while everything sounds great and everything sounds like really good as as we talked about i don't think it has anything that's just like 
like in the stratosphere incredible to that reaches the same levels for me as like lower brinstar or fendrana drifts or sanctuary fortress or some of those like absolutely like top top tier metroid songs which i and i mean like you know after after replaying sam's returns after playing a lot of metroid dread after playing zero mission in the last couple months like four out of five is a great score like that's a great score for for a for a metroid soundtrack so um yeah, I think that's the only thing holding it back. I don't know if you guys would agree with that or not. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that analysis. Taking away my own personal preferences and biases away and just kind of looking at what I see the community talk about, I feel like the Rundus theme and the Skytown theme are like really, really like big standout I, I think themes Sky for Town a lot of Metroid fans. I think Skytown is the closest thing to that that this game has, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just I don't know if it's the same level to me as like those other tracks I mentioned. But I, I, I mean, that's subjective. I see I see what you're both saying, yeah. I mean, I think also, like, Metroid Prime came first. Like, of course, like, more people played it. Of course, people are going to remember those those tracks more. And they've appeared more often, like, referenced later. So, uh, I, I think, honestly, for me, the biggest takeaway is that, like, the, the iconic song from Prime 3 is the title theme. And it's not, like, an in-game track to me. Whereas, like, I love the Metroid Prime 1 and 2 intro themes but like my favorite themes from the or tracks from those games are in the game itself i don't know if that really makes a difference but i also agree Skytown and rundus are certainly up there but like if why if were i to say that like is Skytown the same level as fendrana drifts i would i would side with andy and say almost but no Skytown theme is very very good um but I mean, one of the best themes in this game isn't even from the game. It's from Metroid Prime 1. It's the Meta Ridley theme. So, like, <laughs> but, like, the Omega Ridley theme is also really, really fantastic. It's one of the best versions of, of the Ridley theme, I think. So, it's 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 a close call. But I would say that I would say that there are some standout tracks that are very close to the level of what you're talking about, Andy. But I, I, I agree that, like, if I were to, like, really match them up, like, I don't know if they're 100% one-to-one. But they're, they're certainly up there. And even some of the more secondary tracks are very memorable to me like the gunship theme is stuck in my head now mm, and i always yeah. and it gives me that fusion feel that's i think a thing about this soundtrack that it feels the most fusiony to me out of all the prime games which i really enjoy so i still think it's a four because i'm not like 100 percent in there for it but like i think it has some iconic tracks thank you you're underselling it a little bit but <laughs> i do agree it's, it doesn't have a fendrana drifts maybe i don't know yeah and, and, and also to and, me like sorry go ahead dude I was just saying. Also, to me, I don't. I don't also necessarily rate the rate the music as like, oh, am I gonna be? Am I gonna have this on my playlist at the car? Like, how does it? How does it work in the? Like, obviously, that factors into it to some degree. But like, how does it work in the context of the game? And like, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, like you know, I feel like both of the GFS Valhalla themes. That I'm probably not gonna be listening to that in my car. But like in the context of of, of the game, holy crap, both of those themes are insanely effective for like what right. that area is trying to do. And I think. They absolutely both of those are like a five out of five and like what they're trying to do and how they deliver. Um, you know, we were talking about, you know, the Metroid uh, Xeno research sequence. A big part of that is that incredible piece that Yamamoto did as well. That music just absolutely like plays a huge role into how memorable that sequence is. Uh, I don't yeah. disagree. Sorry, I'm uh, stall for time for me. I'm adding up all of our scores here. I've got mine. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I can uh, let's see what what music have I not talked okay, about in my list seconds. here. <laughs> 60, 60 seconds. You know what? Actually, how about I talk about while you're doing that how I would fix the final boss? All right, folks, check this 60 out. Sixty seconds. I'm counting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay, this one's really. 
All right, so first, we switch the order up of uh, Dark Samus and AU313. We fight 313 first, then Dark Samus. And it plays out roughly sim- similar, except AU313, you only do one phase. Then you do Dark Samus after that. At the end of the fight, Dark Samus gets desperate and disintegrates like she does in Echoes, so we know she isn't really done yet. Samus runs over to the Fallen Aurora unit and uses an exposed data port to overload it, causing Phase to start self-destructing since it's still connected to the core. Afterwards, we have a traditional escape sequence where we have to navigate through Phase back to the surface, emphasizing a ton of verticality typically only seen in the 2D escapes, as well as some fodder enemies to get some anti-Phase on health back before we die. We make it a fair bit, but soon we hit a dead end and it is conveniently the size of a new arena. Samus turns around to see Dark Samus menacingly staring at her. The camera changes to a side profile of Dark Samus, and we see the tendrils of some unknown entity slowly cutting through the shot. The camera changes to a front profile of Dark Samus and slowly pulls back, revealing the source of these tentacles. It's a herd of Metroid Primes, foreshadowed oh, yeah. by the husks from earlier. <laughs> All right. You there was that the whole metric. Th- okay, I heard of Metroid <laughs> Primes is what you end on in sixty seconds. All right, that's a bold claim. You'll have, you'll have, to, you'll have to read the. You'll okay. have to read the document to read the rest, folks. Here we go. So final scores are. Uh, I, I was gonna say in last place, but I mean this is still a great <laughs> score. Uh, Dak has it uh, average ranking of four out of five for this game. Doom has a ranking of 4.2 out of 5, and I am leading the pack with a ranking of 4.3 out of 5 for Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. And I think that's pretty much right on the money. I think that those are great scores and four to fair five scores. Is, yeah. Yeah. I just trying to agree. Mm-hmm. Four yeah. to five, four and a half out of five. And, and that's the thing is, like, I really enjoy this game. It's really good. So I think it's just like, there's some parts about it that aren't perfect. It's four to five. That's still good. That's still great. I would say about a three out of five is still a pretty enjoyable game. Absolutely. I said long I said long ago on a podcast, I can't remember which episode it was, but if Metroid Prime 3's loading times were fixed, I would give it I would move it up from a B to an A. And I feel like feel like after this recent playthrough, that absolutely came through. So All right. At this point, after this game playthrough, I thought I think all the Prime games are A pluses. The three went. I, I mean three ones. Yeah. Yeah. I th- well I think like over time, I was like, okay, like Metro Prime is an A plus, Metro Prime Two is an A, Metro Prime Three is an A minus, all A's but varying levels. After playing them recently, nah, they're all they're all they're all peak, they're all peak, they're all up there for me, A pluses. I think I could be convinced that maybe Prime Two is is just a, a notch, just like a slight notch below. But if you were to tell me like all three are A pluses, I'd be like, yep, yep, no. that works for me. Um, and okay. voice acting, yay! Voice acting. Yes, thank God. Let's bring yay. that back, please. For bring Metroid that back. Prime 4. Bring it back. Um, all right, we want to know what you think about Metroid Prime Three Corruption. Let us know over on Discord. Let us know over on uh, OmegaMetroid.com. You can let us know in the comments, and of course, over in Discord, where I'm sure this is going to spark some uh, some engaging conversation. So uh, I'm excited about that. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what everybody thinks about our rank. Can I say? Can I say one thing before we sign off? Yes, Doom. Just one thing. Do you remember last week when you interrupted <laughs> me in the outro? I'm sorry. I was. I was. Like, I was and then really when excited. You interrupted was... me in the Zelda cast intro. That was. Scoundrel. That was diff. That was okay. That was different. All right. You were. You were doing some weird out of body experience with your tongue. That was. That was. That was on you. The, the last one. I will take That's responsibility crazy for the to last say one. Out of context. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll have to see the episode to understand. But anyways, I have to watch. It. Anyways. Anyway, stop still mocking me. Anyways, 
how cool would it be if Prime 3 got ported to the Switch and the Project Dread scan got updated to read Project Dread has reached the final stage of completion? Would that, that would not be, be the coolest cool. Easter egg ever? That would well, be pretty cool. Wouldn't, I think it would be cooler. Well, that would be cool. But what if they added another? What if they ch- maybe they change it? They added another one or change it that was talking about Prime 4 instead. If it came, if this came out before Prime Four, like Prime Four is Project Prime Four has. I, I kind of like the the bookend with the dread. To be honest, I yeah, I yeah. like that. Uh, I'm down. They could talk about the anyways. Take the it Sohan away. that'd be cool. Uh, all right. Oh, please. Yeah, please. Let us know what you think. Uh, check us out over on Twitter while you still can. It sounds like you're gonna have to start paying for Twitter if I'm uh, what I'm reading is to be believed here. <laughs> so you can let us know over on Twitter or Blue Sky, where we are also active. Our handles are the same. Uh, at Omega Metroid Pod, at Spateri316, at DaxCity underscore, at Duminal Cross. Go and give us a follow. Join the Discord. Get in on the conversation. We have a Patreon where you can uh, listen to the great Metroid area ranking where we just recently talked about the Pirate Homeworld, actually. So more Metroid Prime 3 content there if you want it. And of course, OmegaMetroid.com. We have guides, uh, boss walkthrough, everything that you need if you go want to go play Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. It's there. Uh, and that's why we're talking about this game because we played it for the site and uh, it did not disappoint so let us know what you think Um, until next week everybody we're going to get out of here have a great week and we'll see you then